Hi there, and welcome to another episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. I'm Jamie Hampton, and today I get to be here with Barb Raveling, who is the author of the book, Say Goodbye to Emotional Eating, 100 Renewing Exercises to Help You Break Free from the Control of Food. And I'm just so excited, Barb, because we've never had this topic on the podcast before or anything really close to it. So I am very excited to talk with you today. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here too. Well, before we get into your book and this topic, um, we like to ask all of our guests, what is your favorite prayer closet? So where do you go to meet with God? It could be unusual. It could be common. Just where do you like to go to meet with God? <laughs> well, most of mine are common I'm in the living room on the couch. Uh, when I have my quiet time in the morning, that's probably when I do my more, um, conversational prayer with God talking over, you know, what he shows me in the word and, and gaining insight, that sort of thing. And then if I'm having a, a writing problem, I'll leave the house and I'll go on a walk and I'll talk to him about the writing problem. And I feel like he gives me a lot of insight that way. And then, you know, it's just as far as really feeling close to God. A lot of times if I'm out backpacking or camping uh, with no cell service, <laughs> those are actually really nice times of prayer time as well. That's great. I love how you kind of compartmentalize the different types of prayer and kind of like, okay, I've got my conversational prayer and then I've got my, like, I need help prayer and, <laughs> you know, the different ways that you go about doing that. That's really good. Um, well, I just want to jump right into this because, um, I just, I, I would love to know what inspired you to write about emotional eating and who is this book for? Oh, the book is for you know, emotional eaters, Peter, people who struggle with eating too much or eat more than they want to, or eat when they're, they're worried, they're sad, they're procrastinating. And um, at least for me, emotional eating led to, you know, health struggles and binging and after morning regret, all those different things. And so I wrote the books. I'd already written a couple of Bible studies, um, one Bible study on emotional eating called Freedom from Emotional Eating, and then another weight loss Bible study. And then I, I wanted to help people uh, develop a renewing the mind habit because the Bible says we're transformed by the renewing the mind. And, and that's also how we're transformed in the area of eating, but people have a hard time making themselves renew their mind. So I wanted to write a book that would make it easy to renew their mind. And, and this book, because it has the 100 renewing exercises and makes it really easy to develop that habit. Yeah. And I love that this book is not so much just about emotional eating. It's, it's really the, the backbone of it is renewing your mind and whether you're an emotional eater or not, there are so many areas in our lives where we need renewal and we need to just, you know, that that's the key of transformation. I mean, the Bible says be transformed by the renewing of your minds. And so I, I love that too. I think it would be useful for a lot of people. Um, so what, what would you say are, well, first I want, I'd like you to define the difference between emotional eating and I guess maybe not the difference. How do you know if you're an emotional eater? Let's just put it that way, because, you know, everyone kind of here and there has, has different things that they do, different patterns in their eating. But how do you know if emotional eating is something that that might be an issue in your life? 
Well, the surprising thing is a lot of people think they are not emotional eaters and they really are. So I, I talk about three different types of eating that, that makes us eat more than we should. One's just careless eating, just, you know, eating too much, you know, too large quantities. Another one's good food eating. So like if you love food and you're not opposed to large quantities, um, then we eat too much that way just because we have a plate of brownies in the house. But with emotional eating, you go looking for the food. You feel like you have to have it. Like I need chocolate. So it's not like, oh, I'm going to have another brownie because it's there in the counter and it looks good. It's like, I really need a brownie because my day is so terrible. Or I need a brownie because maybe that'll help me uh, you know, work on this project that I really don't want to work on. Or, you know, you're upset because of a, a conversation you have with a friend. It's like, I need some ice cream. That's that's emotional eating. Yeah. And before we started recording, I just, I mentioned that we have had conversations about eating on the podcast with, you know, about um, fasting and and just kind of the different ways that you can fast and some of the things it reveals. And one of the things that... um that I learned about myself during a time of fasting is how much I actually am an emotional eater. Um, mm -hmm. And the way it shows up for me is kind of rewards. Like oh, I've had a, it, it's not always eating. Sometimes it's drinking like coffee. Like mm -hmm. I I'll get like a special coffee drink and that gives me the hit of dopamine and caffeine that I need. <laughs> Right. And so, but I, yeah. And I just realized when I, I was fasting from coffee and sugar during, um, during one of, one of the fasts that I did. And it just occurred to me that, that, that there were triggers for me and it was usually a hard day. Um, you know, uh, if, if I had done something that I wanted to reward myself for. So, you know, like, okay, if I do this, then I'm going to eat this thing. And not to say that that's wrong. I mean, that, that the, the actual like, Hey, I'm going to do this and then I will have this reward. And if it happens to be food, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a problem. But for me, I realized that a lot of my rewards were food based or, you know, specialty coffee based or whatever right. it was. And, um, and I just realized when I didn't have that, I, I was kind of floundering. I was like, well, what do I do? Like, I just, I just had this mental kind of like floundering moment. And I was like, oh, I, I'll pray. You know, that's the whole point of this fast is so that I grow closer to God. So basically um, it just kind of revealed that I, I was an emotional eater and I still am definitely for sure at times. And, and you don't always realize it. Right. And, and I don't think the rewards are too bad if they're in control, because right. what we really want to do is two things. We want to break free from the control of food and we want to train ourselves to go to God for help with life. So mm. if I'm a person, I am a person who likes excitement and variety and I find writing kind of boring. So I, I actually don't do food rewards, uh, but because, because I'm inclined, if I do food rewards, I'll probably push myself too far and I'll, it'll just make me crave more and want more. Mm -hmm. But if we're a person who doesn't struggle with that, they could safely do a food reward. So it's okay to, to do those as long as we're not turning to that food for help or for, for sustenance, for, um, you know, continuous relaxation. That's when it becomes the problem. Right. And I think I was realizing that I was replacing going to God for comfort with going to food 
for comfort in right, certain, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. you know, in certain areas. Um, and another kind of another level to that question is what is the difference between emotional eating and an eating disorder that you might need professional help for? And is emotional, would you consider emotional eating an, an eating disorder or would you call an eating disorder? Yeah. Can you talk about that? Well, it's hard to say because I feel like a lot of times everything's a disorder nowadays. I know it's hard. <laughs> and when we it's say it's say. a disorder, it's like, okay, it's not my fault anymore. It's just, you know, like a medical thing. Hmm. So I do think, you know, we could call it a disorder or not, but I think the bottom line is when would you go for uh, medical help? I think anytime it's endangering your health. So like if I'm uh, bulimic or if I'm anorexic, then I definitely need to go get medical help. And even with, uh, with like say binging, cause I, I used to binge all the time. I mean, it's not, you're not in danger of dying right now from binging, but here I am 63 years old, super fit, super healthy. I eat healthy. I exercise a lot, but I'm pre-diabetic and I'm probably pre-diabetic. I'm guessing because of all those times I binged on sugar when I was younger. So I think, uh, you know, we're transformed by the renewing of the mind. So it is a definitely a spiritual issue. And so when we renew our minds, we're going to change. And you could use the renewing of the mind if you were bulimic or anorexic, any of those things. But I think sometimes you need to get out of yourself and go get help because you can't see it. You know, you can't see things on your own. So maybe if somebody's telling you, hey, you need to get help, that might be a clue that you need to, to go get help. <laughs> yeah. Well, what would you say are some of the roots of emotional eating? What are some of the things that kind of drive us in that direction? I I think some of the roots might be entitlement, feeling like we should have this great life. And if we don't have a great life or easy life, uh, then we deserve to eat. So some of it is just that cultural influence of uh, unrealistic expectations for life and the cultural message that, Hey, you deserve a break today and you shouldn't have to suffer. And, you know, you need to eat to be happy. Um, so I think a lot of that, a lot of the roots are, are cultural. I'm guessing trying to think of what other roots there might be. I mean, some of us have tendencies for it. Some of us don't. So some of us have a natural tendency to, uh, drink too much, some to eat too much, some to uh, work too hard and always be accomplishing things, some to exercise. So I think we all have different tendencies. And then those tendencies can be influenced by the family we grew up in, the messages we heard growing up, or the culture that surrounds us. Yeah, absolutely. I think you deserve a break today is a, uh, I, I still remember I have the song from the commercial of the company that shall not be named on the podcast that that was their theme song. <laughs> That's right. But, yeah. Or like when, with my kids, when they were, when they were growing up, I didn't, didn't know all this that I know now. So I was training them to be emotional eat, eaters because I'd say things like, let's go drown our sorrows in ice cream, or, you know, we deserve a little treat today. You know, this has been a bad day. So I, when we say things like that to our kids, we're kind of leading them down the emotional eating path, unfortunately. That is is a really good point. And as you said that, I was like, yes, I have caught myself many times doing that where it's like, let's have a reward. And the reward is something unhealthy usually and food. Um, And yeah, I, I have found myself doing that as well. So it, you know, the first step a lot of times is, just becoming aware, kind of like when I was fasting and just being like, oh, wow, like I didn't realize 
how much I'm going to food for comfort instead of prayer or instead of God or instead of just acknowledging, okay, life's not perfect. I had a hard day. That's okay. Let's, let's move on and enjoy time with family or whatever it is that you're going to do. Um, yeah, I would one love of the things that, oh, no, no, go ahead. One of the things, um, I talk about in the book is lifelong boundaries. So usually like when I was growing up in the first, you know, 30 years, I suppose I struggled with emotional eating. I, you know, eat whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted until I reached a certain weight. And then I try and go on a diet. I failed most of the time. Every once in a while, I'd be able to follow it and I'd lose the weight, but I, I never even thought about having boundaries after the weight was off. So I'd go back to eating whatever I want, whenever I wanted and gain it back again. And so with lifelong boundaries, it's like you always have boundaries in place. So my boundaries are three meals and one day, uh, three meals and one snack a day. So if you have a boundary in place, that, that will help you see when you're emotional eating, because whenever you feel like eating outside those boundaries, you know, if you're not hungry, a lot of times it's an emotional eating situation. So I didn't know I ate for procrastination until I started writing and had a reason to procrastinate, but I might not have known if I hadn't had those boundaries as for, you know, as far as when I can eat, when I can't. Right. And I mean, like the fasting is a type of boundary. All, one, mm -hmm. Establishing boundaries, it really does reveal. It reveals a lot. Right. Would you say that, um, so would you consider emotional eating to encompass things like procrastinating, eat, like eating to procrastinate? Is that a form of emotional eating? I, I would say so. Yeah. I, I have an app called I Deserve a Donut, which um, I'm just working on updating on Android. So right now it's only available on new iOS phones or old Android phones. But anyway, I have all kinds of different types of eating in that app. And one of the eatings is procrastination, but there's procrastination eating, indulgence eating, entitlement eating, um, bad, bad scale eating or like bad way. And I can't remember all the different types, but a lot of those different types, they really follow, follow under the overall umbrella of emotional eating because you're eating for emotional reasons. So when I'm eating to procrastinate, the emotion is dread. I don't want to do my work. Oh, yeah. And so it's still in the motion, even though the response to the motion is procrastination. That's good. Oh, that's really good. We'll have to link to that. I deserve it. So it's, you just go to the app store and yeah, it's, I deserve it, a donut. And it's also a book. I have it in book form. I deserve a donut and other lies that make you eat. And it's also an app, which I was, I was just working today to find an app, a programmer to update the Android app. Nice. So is it only on Android? No, it's on both iOS and Android. Okay. So it's on both. Okay. Yeah. You're just going to update. Yeah. It's on both. Mm -hmm. Okay. I love that. Um, well, what I would love to know just kind of what the focus is of the exercises in your book. Can you kind of walk us through what to expect in this book? Sure. I have, I've had five sections in the book. And so what you do is you go to the table contents and you say, how am I feeling today? And then you look through each of those exercises has, has a name. So you can look through the exercises to find out which one you need today. So like one of them might be, I need a little excitement in my life or perfectionism eating, or I would be crazy not to eat this, or of course I'm worried. So there's all kinds of different types of exercises. They fall into five categories. The first one, I'm afraid to start. So that's just like when you're first starting out. And then I don't feel like following my boundaries. This is when there's good food around and you just don't feel like following your boundaries. And then there's a section called I need chocolate. That's kind of the emotional eating section. 
And then there's two sections that kind of have to do with the process. One is called, I have to be skinny, because one of the problems is we feel like we have to be skinny to be acceptable. And when we feel that way, then we'll eat in response to breaking our boundaries. So in the old days, whenever I broke my boundaries, I'd say, I might as well just you know eat whatever I want. And then I'd binge that night again. And part of the reason I was binging is because I was beating myself up because I wasn't going to be skinny enough. So we have to start seeing ourselves as God sees us and, you know, God cares about our character, not the outward appearance. And so um, those, those exercises will help us renew our mind about feeling like, you know, we're just a, you know, a loser if we're overweight. And then the last section is I'll never lose this weight because anytime we set out to change something about ourselves that, that, um, God wants us to change and Satan doesn't want us to change. A lot of times we'll have some spiritual attack and we'll fail right away. So we have to renew our mind about those failures too. Otherwise we won't want to keep going. I love that you have that because it's not just, uh, you know, it's not just a coincidence or, or like just a saying that, you know, when you, when you start doing things, for God or that God wants that you undergo this attack. I mean, it's very real. And I think that is so important. Can you just talk about steps to prepare? Like when you're, when you're getting ready to make any kind of life change, can you just talk about kind of what, what can we do to prepare ourselves for the fact that we're going to have kind of a rough start probably spiritually? I think maybe have a plan of attack. Mm -hmm. So, so like if I was eating, I'd say, okay, these are my boundaries. I'm going to, you know, have three meals, one snack, or some people might follow something like Weight Watchers or they'll eat when they're hungry, stop when they're full. So, so have my attack and say, when am I going to renew my mind? And either some people renew their mind two or three times a day, like um, breakfast, lunch, late afternoon, or some people will renew their minds whenever they feel like breaking their boundaries. But at the very least, you should renew your mind every time you break your boundaries. So you have a plan. Try and get in a partner, accountability partner to help you to help you renew your mind. So at the end of the day or the next morning, you say, did you renew your mind every time you said you're going to? And then you say yes or no. And so that will help give you some accountability. And I think just expect that it's going to be hard. Expect that you're going to grieve what you lost. So even uh, in transition, whether it's a starting a habit, breaking a habit, moving someplace, you have your old life. And our tendency is just to think about what was great about the old life and what's terrible about the new life. And that's the true with uh, starting to let go of emotional eating too. We think, oh, that old life was so great. We got to eat whenever we wanted. It was so fun. Life is so exciting. And we forget that, well, that's right. I binged. I woke up the next day feeling terrible. I had all these health problems. I didn't fit into my clothes. My joints hurt. We forget all that. So we could even make a little list of the game and say, this is what, um, this is why I'm making this change. So, so that we can go back and read that list and then try and focus on the good of the new life. So even- um, we just recently gave up sugar, my husband and I, about a month ago, and I'm I'm walking around town seeing all these incredible sweets. And so right away, my mind says, Lord, I'm so thankful for my help. I'm so thankful that you're helping me, me to be healthy in my old age. And so right away, my mind starts transitioning to not like, oh, I wish I could have that, but a more positive outlook on it. So those are some things you could do to help with the transition. This episode is brought to you by Seed. Did you know that supporting your health can be as easy as taking two capsules a day? Each daily dose of Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic is formulated with 24 scientifically studied probiotic strains that support gut, skin, and heart health. 
helping you start the new year off right. Visit seed.com slash Spotify and use code Spotify 25 to get 25% off your first month. I really, I really think that's important. And just that what you describe. So can you describe when you say renewing your mind several times a day, you kind of gave us a window into what that looks like for you seeing sugar and basically breaking the habit of old thought patterns intentionally. Right. So, but what, it, what does that specifically look like? It, does it look different for everybody or, or is there kind of like a formula for how to renew your minds? I think there's several ways to renew your mind and different ways will appeal to different people. You know, the one I just mentioned is kind of on the fly one, but I think a lot of times we need one where we have to use our, our hands and we have to write things down to really change our thoughts. But, you know, when we have our morning quiet time, we renew our minds, you know, our minds are changed. When we pray, we renew our mind, our minds are changed, but renewing the mind to break a habit or break free from a stronghold is different because it has to be, um, attack focus. You have to focus on the actual lies you're believing that are making you think it's a good idea to keep doing that behavior. And so with those, so the, I mean, I have a lot of the renewing resources in the book. So I, one is called truth journaling, where you write down the lies you believe, and then look at each lie individually and write the truth out. So that's one way to do it. Um, there's a lot of ways I have, I have my don't, my donut questions, my app, that's another way to renew your mind. So I've already developed a lot of tools that are specific for breaking strongholds and breaking the stronghold of emotional eating, but it doesn't work to just, um, have a quiet time in the morning because that's not specific renewing the mind for breaking this stronghold. Mm -hmm. and, and the same thing with, with prayer. Like if I just say, God, help me to change, you know, why should this be easier? God should just change me. You know, it, when God, when Jesus did miracles, they were miracles of healing, of physical healing. And then of course, sometimes the releasing of demons, but he, God chose to have sanctification be a partnership. So he doesn't say, okay, boom, I'm going to take away that, that, uh, sin problem you have. No, that's like walking in fellowship with the Holy spirit, renewing our minds. And it draws us closer to God as we work through that process. It's hard. It's super hard, but, um, it can be a good growth time in all kinds of ways and not just breaking the stronghold. That is, oh, I'm so glad you said that, Barb, about, you know, I think with a lot of struggles as Christians, I know, you know, sometimes you'll hear miraculous stories about a drug addict that finds Jesus and all of a sudden the urge to do drugs is taken away. And, and I believe that those stories happen, that Jesus reveals himself in those ways to those people. But for most of us, I think the struggles that we have are more like Paul, where we ask, God, take this away. And you keep asking and asking. And God's like, nope, sorry, my, my power's made perfect in your weakness. And I'm going to be with you in it, but I'm not necessarily going to deliver you out of it right now. And so what, what you're saying is like, I just imagine that there are women listening that have struggled with emotional eating and have asked God to help them and have felt maybe betrayed by God or unheard or abandoned by him because it's a struggle. And so I feel like you're offering hope that it's not that he doesn't love you. It's he's inviting you to walk with him in this by partnering with him or or inviting him into your plans and your life and your daily walk 
in this way of renewing your mind. And it just sounds like you have a lot of resources to really like structure, give, give a structure that would allow, allow us to kind of walk through that a little bit more effectively. Yeah. And I would say too, that, um, that, that thing that it should be easy, the belief, it should be easy. That's mm-hmm. another cultural lie. We believe because we yeah. think we should just be able to fix everything really quick, get a little pill, get a surgery, mm-hmm. get whatever. When the Bible, I mean, Paul was the one who said, I do what I don't do. So he struggled just like we do. He wasn't like, okay, I can do it on the snap of the fingers. God didn't actually change him. But I think that was in Romans. He said it in a few chapters later is when he talks about the renewing of the mind. So he, he tells us the way, but it can take, you know, five or six years of kind of, you know, fairly consistent renewing to break free from a stronghold. My experience is you keep renewing in that area. And if it's a little problem in your life, a lot of times you see huge change in a really short time, like maybe even a couple of days or a month or two, but with other areas of life, it could take five or six years. And, and also you have to make yourself renew too. And, you know, our flesh doesn't want to take the time to renew. We have a spiritual battle going. Uh, so we have to kind of overcome that too. But, you know, thankfully God walks us through it. He holds our hands when he falls. He has compassion on us and he, he wants us to, to help him. And one of the things we'll have to renew about is that whole thing. I shouldn't have to put any effort into it and it should be easy. <laughs> and why doesn't God change me? Right. Oh, that's yeah. very good. Well, what would you say is the partnership or the role that, that prayer plays in renewing your minds? I think what, what the way it works for me is I'll, maybe I'll be truth journaling or I'll, I'll, so I'll be doing some form of renewing activity and then I'll, God will be giving me insights as I do that. So some days it's like just little enough truth to take away my desire because truth changes desires. But other days I feel like he's pouring out truth. And so during the renewing process, I start, I stop and talk to him. So it's like when he pours out a big truth, I, I, you know, like, Oh, that's so amazing. God. And you, you know, you just have that little prayer conversation or sometimes at the end, a lot of times renewing leads to confession um, and repentance. Cause I'll be renewing. And I'll realize, Oh, Barb, you're so entitled. And so then I'll be confessing. So it's kind of like a, you know, a lot of times, like one of my weaknesses is intercessory prayer. I don't, I don't have specific times for intercessory prayer. And that's one thing I'd like to develop in my life, but that back and forth conversational prayer, that's super important too. And that's one thing we do, um, you know, while we renew, because we see those insights from, from God and, and renewing, you know, if we're reading the Bible in the morning, quiet time, we're reading that scripture and we're getting all kinds of treasures and insights out of them. But when we're renewing, we're looking at the lies we're believing and we're taking everything we've already learned in the Bible. And so it'll come to mind. It's like, oh, that's right. God says this, this isn't true. I'm believing a half lie. It's partly true, but not all the way true because we think of everything we read in the Bible. And so you might have to ask God too for help. Like, could you give me wisdom, God? I can't, I don't know what the truth is. Or could you reveal those lies? You know, examine me, search my heart and know me. So it's definitely a sort of conversational prayer with God as you renew. I really loved what you said. You said truth changes desires. Can you expound on that a little bit? That's profound. <laughs> I think that's something we need okay. to st- stop on. 
Well, here's an example just from writing. When I first started writing, I hated writing. I just detested it. But I wanted to write books to share and help people. And, and if I wanted to help people outside of my valley, I knew I'd have to write books. So almost every time I'd say, I can't do this. This is too hard. Um, and I can't remember there's one other one. I should just give up or something like that. So then I'd say, I can't do this. Is this true that I can't do it? And it's like, no, it's not true. It's true that I can't do it perfectly. I can't do it easily, but I can do it. I can throw out words on, on the paper and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So it doesn't matter if I like it or if I'm good on it, God can help me. Um, it's too hard. And then I'd say, well, it's hard, but it's not too hard. So, so as I wrote that, I'm like, oh, okay, I can do it. I don't have to do it perfectly. Um, I can just do it. So then all of a sudden I want to do it because what was making me not want to do it before is I felt like I had to be perfect. Uh, I might've felt like I had to enjoy it. So all these things I'm feeling like, but then when God says, no, that's not true. Here's the truth. All of a sudden my desires changed. I actually want to do it. And you think too, like Eve, Eve in the garden, you know, she ignored the consequences of eating the, the forbidden fruit. And if she'd stopped to think, wait, what are the consequences? What did God say? Then all of a sudden she went, she wouldn't want to do it anymore. So, so truth will actually change our desires. and makes us want to follow our boundaries. Oh, that is really good. Just for every aspect of life. And, you know, I was um, just talking to a friend a while back about um, spiritual warfare and just it's Leanne McCoy. She's um, she's a friend that we've had on the podcast before, and she talks a lot about how one of the primary tools or the primary tool that the devil uses is deception. So in, right. in her spiritual warfare, and this totally transformed the way I did spiritual warfare was mm -hmm. focusing rather than, um, well, and I still do the, you know, God protect God, do this, do that, you know, be present, but expose the lies of the enemy. Like that's mm -hmm. the number one go-to now that I have in praying for any situation, because that is just, like you said, truth truth is so powerful and it, it can, it can, you know, it's like a rudder that just steers the ship, you know, it, truth can overcome a lot of things. And sometimes the difference between someone, like you said, desiring to, to do something and not is simply them not seeing the full picture, or like you said, not seeing the consequences that come after. And so that's, that is a powerful truth. Yeah. And also changes, truth changes our emotions too. So a lot of times oh, you know, yeah. we have these emotions, we have a natural emotion reaction, but the lies we believe cause us to um, have a more intense emotional reaction and we can't get rid of the emotion. So if we take our thoughts captive to the truth, each thought captive to the truth, then that emotion becomes less too. And so you can bring it down from a 10 to a two. So that's another thing truth will do. Renewing your mind will help us with our emotions. And if we don't feel emotional, then we're less likely to emotional eat. So if I can get rid of the mm -hmm. anger that drives me to eat, then I no longer am going to eat, at least for that reason. Yeah. Well, along the lines of those emotions, you talk about um, pro the importance of processing your emotions and why am I feeling this way? Um, can you talk about how to do that prayerfully and what that might look like? Okay. Well, let's just say, um, you're annoyed with some, someone. And so you might think, uh, you might write down, okay, what am I believing 
that's making me annoyed. So that's why I start with, what am I believing that's making me annoyed? And I might say, this person is a jerk. He, um, he's so selfish. He doesn't love me. He'll never change. Okay. This is probably like a marriage situation. Right. And so then you go back and you say, okay, is it true that he's a jerk? And the truth might be, no, it's not true that he's a jerk. It's true that um, this is one of his natural weaknesses, or he has a sinful tendency in this area and his sin spills out and hurts me. But, but he, God wouldn't say, yeah, I agree with you. He's a jerk. You know, it's like, like we have, uh, we don't see a person as all hundred percent one thing. It's like, yeah, we have strengths and weaknesses. And so right away that starts making us feel like, okay, you know, maybe he's not that bad. Okay. If I said he doesn't love me. Okay. The truth might be, he loves me as capable, as much as he's capable of loving me at its current level of maturity. Or he does love me, but he has this problem. So like what if love was defined by um, be not eating too much, right? <laughs> we might want to not eat too much, but we can't always change on a dime, right? So people can't always change their weaknesses on a dime. So processing emotions, it's more like, um, for me anyway, it's more like processing the beliefs they're feel feeding into the emotion because the beliefs will t intensify the negative emotion. Again, it goes back to truth and grasping onto that. I love that. Yeah. Um, you kind of touched on this a little bit, but what is the importance in a journey of, especially when it comes to changing your emotional eating habits, um, how, how important is community or a prayer partner or an accountability partner in a journey like this? I think with anything like emotional eating, that's more of a stronghold um, and it feels like an addiction. I think it's really important to have a partner because with those kinds of things, it's hard to, um, it's hard to have the stamina to do it on our own. And then again, I would say have a partner where you pray for each other and maybe pray together, but also hold each other accountable to renewing your mind because, um, or even having a little group, like if you had a little group that's going through, um, say one of my Bible studies and, you know, you could still, you, you could use this new book to renew your mind during the day. So say you could do a weight loss Bible study in the morning and then renew your mind a couple times a day with, um, say goodbye to emotional eating. That's a hard thing to do. And so if we have other people working together in, in camaraderie, it, it just makes it a little bit easier. Yeah. And just, especially people that have the same kinds of struggles that have the same issues, I could see that it, because mindset can be contagious. If you spend time around people with a certain mindset, you're going to probably adopt a lot of those beliefs. And so with a group of people with a common goal of renewing their minds in a positive way, particularly about this topic of emotional eating, um, I could see it being just very, very valuable. Plus, it's really nice to have people you can be open with because there's some shame involved around that. Around that, right. And so, I sometimes will have people say, um, "It's like you're in my mind." I mean, you think just the way I do, and I'm like, "We all think this way," but right. but people aren't talking about it. We all right. have these same thoughts, but if people aren't talking about, it, we don't realize other people ha are having the same thoughts. And so instead we beat ourselves up and we say, Oh, I'm such a terrible Christian. I can't mm -hmm. believe I've been a Christian this long and I'm still struggling with this, but you know, we're not alone. We're all struggling with things. Um, Paul struggled with things. Everybody, you look at everybody in the Bible, all of the great believers, they all struggled with stuff. Nobody was perfect. Yeah. Well, before we go, I, I really wanted to ask you something 
kind of off topic, not off the topic mm-hmm. of prayer, but off topic of, of your book and emotional eating um, and renewing your mind. Um, so you said while we were talking before I hit record that you you're moving like every three months is every three months, right? Every three months. Yeah. So can you tell us about what that's been like and, and how that has impacted your prayer life specifically? Cause I know a lot of people like they'll get into prayer routines and then they go on vacation and it's out the window or you have a, a life change. I can't imagine just even the logistics of moving every three months. It just seems like a lot. So can you just let it t- talk to us about that? I'm curious. Sure. Um, well, thankfully I had a, I've had a quiet time established for, let's see, t- about 23 years now. So like even when I'm on vacation or out backpacking, I'll, I'll get up and spend time with God and I'll have that prayer time and Bible time with him. So that hasn't been impacted by it. But one thing I noticed, um, I didn't realize before how important uh, getting together with other believers is because back when we lived in Hamilton and we lived there for 30 years, um, the last few years, we had two home groups uh, a week. And of course we went to church every weekend, right? So, so we had two groups of believers, small groups we met with every week. So you had all that fellowship and all that building up of each other. And then when we move in 13 weeks, um, there's been a couple of places where we've been, where uh, we've been totally welcomed into a home group and, and we had a ready-made community and they were just so, so good to us and loving to us. But sometimes you can't do that, especially if you're someplace in the summer, the churches don't have home groups or, or some churches, they might not, you know, if you're only going to be there for 13 weeks, they might not, you know, be as welcoming to a group as others. So it really struck home to me how, how much, how important community is like getting in a small group, getting in a Bible study with other people. And I think weekly church attendance too. And we miss more church than we used to in our old life because we want to see the area and we like to go camping and, and backpacking. So sometimes we're, we're gone on, on the weekend. So I think all those things are just so, so powerful, um, for, for our faith. And I guess too, I mean, it's been a new trials. There's been things that are hard for me. And so anytime you have a new trial, it's new times to go to God for help and see it from him, his perspective and, you know, new ways to grow. So that's been a a good thing. So there's been both good, good and hard things in the process. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, I just think every time we move somewhere new, just even finding a church to go to is right. It could be a very long drawn out thing. I imagine for you, both because you're gone a lot. I'm. Do you just basically say, okay, this is the church. We're going to do this for three months. Or do you take time to no, visit no. different ones? Is it Mm-mm. still a process? We we almost always decide beforehand. Oh, so, that's so uh, good. Lis- listen to church sermons, get online, yes, see if they yes. have home groups. So do a lot of research before we get to a place. So usually we sometimes we'll go to two ch- different churches the first Sunday we're there, but we try and choose one right away. Um, one time we did not, and this time we haven't because we're at, we're in Helena. And we're actually thinking of you know buying a house and living in Helena, so we'll probably we might go around to a few more churches here. But um, if, if you're only going to be someplace for 13 weeks, it's different than you know. Okay, this can be my church home, and you're going to live there for good. So it's it's not as intimidating to cho- choose one for 13 weeks. Yeah, right. Because it's not the stakes aren't quite as high as digging right. your roots in, and yeah. That's well, that sure. is, that's all very interesting. Well, thank you for sharing that. I was just curious. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. a unique process of moving that often. Yeah. My husband's a physical therapist who 
travel. So that's why we move that often just for anybody who's listening. Yeah. Well, Barb, thank you so much for sharing, for just all of the wisdom and, and just, um, yeah, really, really appreciate this conversation. I feel like it's relevant really for everyone. I think everyone, whether it's emotional eating that we struggle with or whether it's something else, like this idea of renewing our minds and, and fortifying ourselves before making any kind of life change. Like these are things that we all need to talk about and, and to really implement. So thank you so much. Um, thank you. Can you let our listeners know just where to connect with you online and on social media and where to find your books and your app? Hey, we should be able to find the the books wherever books are sold. My website is barbraveling.com. And I also have two podcasts, the Christian Habits Podcast and the Taste for Truth Podcast. You could check that out if you uh um, you know, like podcasts and the apps you can download from your app store, except the Android app. If you have a pretty new phone, you might have to wait. I hope to get that new one up in a month or so, but I don't know. It could take longer. We'll see. That's great. And are you on what social media do you like to be on? Well, I'm on social media. I am on Instagram and Facebook, but um, I don't do that much social media. So you won't see me that often, but but every once in a while, I'll put something out there. I usually put out when I have a new podcast episode, I usually put it out, but um, yeah, Instagram oh, and Pinterest too. I'm on Pinterest as well. Oh, and YouTube. I, I forgot I have YouTube videos and I do have, I have been doing those every once in a while. All right. Well, we will make sure to link to those things and yeah. Thank you so much for being here. Um, I'm going to close this up in prayer. So how can we be praying for you? Um, I'd love prayer just for, um, this new, you know, we just sold our home a couple, well, a month ago. And so we're feeling super homeless right now. It's surprising how emotionally it changes things, not having like a fallback, a safety net. So I guess I just love prayer for, for wisdom in, in doing what, doing what God wants us to do. You know, does he want us to buy a home, not buy a home, just, just kind of wisdom for our current stage of life and, you know, where we go with this. Yeah. All right. We will do that. Father, we just thank you so much for this time with Barb and just the opportunity to talk about emotional eating, to talk about spiritual warfare and the importance of renewing of our, uh, renewing our minds. Um, thank you for truth, God. We just thank you that you are absolute truth, that your word is absolute truth and that you give it to us and, and that we have access to everything we need to stand firm to fortify ourselves against attack from the enemy, to be able to be transformed by renewing our minds. I just pray for any woman listening who feels abandoned by you or not heard or not seen because she's struggled and hasn't seen breakthrough. Lord, I just pray you would be with her now, that you would bring her comfort and peace and a knowing that you are with her that you'd give her a strength and and that through this conversation, she would have hope. She'd be able to see a path forward that it's not alone. That's with you. I pray that you would provide at least one person to walk alongside her in this journey to find freedom and, and relief from bondage release from strongholds. 
And we just pray, God, that every person listening today would would see you and and meet with you in in a deeper and a closer way. We just pray for Barb in this time of transition. We just thank you that you are our anchor, that even when we don't have a home to call home, even when we um, feel like the rug's been pulled out from under us or we don't have the things that... um, that we rely on kind of for structure and stability, that you are the rock that we stand on, God. I just pray you would be that for her and her husband right now as they work out their plans, that you'd be a lamp to their feet, a light to their path to show them the next steps, that you would give them wisdom in what to do about whether to buy a house or what their next steps need to be. And that you would just, in the meantime, surround them with community. We just pray for people that will give them that fellowship that they need and desire And um, I just continue to pray for Barb's work, her ministry, her writing, and that you would um, just use her in mighty ways to bring freedom and joy and hope to women who struggle with emotional eating and that you would just allow her to reach just way far more women than she ever could have dreamed or imagined. And we just pray even for the details of this app and the, the Android update that she's trying to do, provide her with the right person to do that and show her exactly how to make that happen. We just thank you so much for her and her ministry. Pray your blessing over her and her marriage, her home and her life in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. That was wonderful. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows. Then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show, and we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to Him and change the world one prayer at a time.